Here we can appear of two programming notes. One, uh, Brett was traveling, so there's a little bit of uh, room weirdness to the audio. It's mostly smoothed out. And two, uh, Brett's not mentioned, but the podcast that she's working on is called Blockpilled. As best I could tell, uh, it is Avatar of Sentai Dawn Brothers. Probably just Dawn Brothers is fine. Righteous. Wait, it translates to Righteous Gemstones? No, that's like the HBO show I'm watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that would be an insane coincidence. Hen. Shin. Thanks to episode 121 of Copyright Ride With Me. And I'm your Skip, and with me is Brett. Hey, Brett, what's up? Hi, I'm reporting in, uh, not exactly live, but I'm reporting in from sunny San Francisco, which is actually sunny. That's not a joke. Ooh, that's kind of rare, right? Pretty, like, foggy usually, right? Or rainy? That's what people say, but almost every time I've visited, the weather's been extremely nice, and I visit pretty often. So I don't know. I'm suspicious. I'm like, is this just a conspiracy of people in San Francisco trying to keep housing costs down, saying the weather sucks? They're doing a real bad job of keeping those housing prices down then. Like they should try something else. They're you know what? They're pretty bad. But um I was looking I was actually looking on Zillow because um I, I guess sometimes I just like to hurt myself. <laughs> and uh this is insane, but Places have actually, uh, a lot of places have actually gotten uh, cheaper and been selling for lower prices in 2021 and 2022 than they did in like late 2020. Is that like a remote work thing, you think? Like people are moving a little bit? It's becoming a little less tech dense? I do think so. Um, I know know a lot (laughs) of people who uh, have jobs that used to be based in San Francisco and they're still working remotely all this time later. Um, as far as like the people I know from other parts of the country whose jobs went remote, um, most of them are back. So yeah, I would bet that has a lot to do with it. Oh yeah. Um, I had, uh, the same thing happen, um, in Scotland actually, I was, um, like, um, there the whole time. It was very nice, very little rain, pretty warm. And I was like, okay, seems fine to me. This is like a really great country so far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess the only downside of Scotland is the weather and the food. Um, I mean, also the fact that, like, they're basically ruled by a government that they don't have a lot of influence <laughs> over. Um, I guess there's some downsides, but uh, every Scottish person I know is super nice. It's a lot of fun. It was kind of, like, cool because, like, when I was there, like, when stuff was happening, like, geopolitically, like, a lot of people were like, oh, that won't come to Scotland. Like, they know we hate it here. Like, that'll go, like, right down in, like, London or, like, Brighton or something because, like, they, like, know we're not the main driver of that issue. <laughs> Which is very funny. Yeah, it would be nice to like read something in the news and just be like, well, that's not going to affect my life or my country at all. Yeah, uh, I don't think we're allowed that, <laughs> really. Yeah. I'm not sure who's allowed that at this point. Uh, maybe um, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, like, like New Zealand's pretty insulated from most things. They seem like immune to a lot of the the bullshit that everyone else has to deal with. Although they heard, I, I heard that they like 
had some sort of trucker convoy type situation, which is a surprise, <laughs> but like, I don't know, like the, the internet is in English, like all this shit could happen anywhere. I guess it's more likely to happen in countries with more English speakers. Not that countries without them are immune either, but who knows, man. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, I like to, I would like to think there's somewhere where people have some measure of peace and remove like right now with like food and gas and like everything it's just like I, I don't think there's anywhere that's not feeling things constantly <laughs> lately yeah i will say that's funny i um i actually usually change my um like reddit homepage to um the homepage of like different english-speaking countries um so yeah. i don't get so much hysterical american news because it just makes me feel bad and if it's really important it shows up anyway and if it's not important yeah. then it generally doesn't um, and it's funny cause like on like Scottish people and people in New Zealand are like, are like, uh, specifically blaming their own leaders for the prices of gas and food and rent going up. But it's like, I don't really think it's their fault given that it's also happening here, <laughs> but yeah, sure. Yeah. It's hard. Cause I feel like if you try to be clued in at all, you just like doom scroll a little bit. I mean, it's hard to be like, how much do I need to? be aware of the days to days of the systems that I know are bad. <laughs> Sometimes can I take just a couple days off of knowing the specifics to kind of like keep a vibe check in the air a little bit, but not too much. I think you can and should. Um, I mean, the stuff that comes out in the like immediate aftermath of a crisis is tends to be a lot less accurate. Mm. And, you know, people don't need to have an opinion on everything that happens. I really sincerely think that like, I think it's like, it's okay for me not to have an opinion on some of the most important, you know, issues of our time. Like I'll hear anyone out on them, but like, if I don't really understand the history of like a country's conflict, I'm not going to try to comment because I really don't feel that I understand it well. Yeah. At a certain point, like, like it just becomes like, am I going to say something about the value of human life or am I going to just let people that know what's really going on in a, higher level have conversations and like listen out to like people there or with that like more understanding and sometimes like hopefully we all understand that we don't want war or like the harm to human life i could just take a step back and hear better yeah i mean i definitely have general principles that hold true across you know all or most issues but um yeah it's just like you know if uh like if I, I'm like honestly afraid to even get specific here. <laughs> um, uh, what can I say that's not going to make anybody mad? Uh, okay, let's say New Zealand is having presidential elections. Like, I don't need to have an opinion on who's running. I just don't need to. Doesn't matter. I mean, let's be completely real, Brett. Um, I don't think you could open your mouth as a not a like wasp dude and not have somebody be mad at you <laughs> so you know yeah. that's just the way of it but our fans here at Cop Ride With Me are all on average hopefully not shitty and I'll hold you guys to that but <laughs> yeah no it's been I mean honestly I've been uh, going on on podcasts and I've, this is the third time I'm on this one and everyone's been great um, let's see I have not received um, a single mean message if someone wants to send them for fun you could just be like you're a butt or something feel free to send me that on twitter at hannah brett um 
but uh, nothing more than that, please. Um, or else I'll have to uh, call the police. <laughs> I'll have to call the the internet police and um, throw you in internet jail. Uh, but um, we've mostly been all right. Uh, mostly just like trying to get people to, like give us fan fiction prompts for our like Sailor Moon podcast that we do sometimes, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, because oh, we that's so fun. Yeah. Um, in like 2003, there was a live action Sailor Moon show, and it is uh, incredible. <laughs> oh my god, I never knew they made a live action one. I bet that is really something. So compared to shows like Comrade Revice, and now um, today we're looking at Avatar Sentai Dawn Brothers, this was a low budget show compared to those. <laughs> and it oh, shows... Oh god. Yeah. Um... I will find a picture for you of uh, the cast and it is incredible. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, not to, not to um, cast dispersions on, on Don Don, but um, yeah, pretty, pretty low budget to begin with. Today we're talking about, of course, uh, the first episode of the um, new Super Sentai series. And um, so Brett, um, what do you know about Super Sentai? Literally nothing. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, I watched some Common Writer. Uh, I watched the first episode of Common Writer, and then I watched a couple episodes of Common Writer Revice on the previous two episodes that I um, was on here with this podcast. But other than that, I have zero context whatsoever. Okay. Um, I put that picture for you of the live action uh, Sailor Moon cast. It's a very endearing show. Okay. So it looks actually it looks pretty cute. Um, there it's is very cute. A, there's a Sailor Moon in the front um, in what looks like a pretty bad wig, um, but she looks really happy. Um, there is a, I, I, okay, this is actually kind of, I think it's kind of a surprise for my age group and demographic, but um, in general, but I have never seen Sailor Moon, so I can't identify the characters. Um, but anyway, there's a group of uh, five young women in um, bad wigs looking really happy, and they on that point there is that um the character sailor moon like has like a like cat mentor guardian like guide like a sebastian from like little mermaid style like character let's like like don't do that in this show it's a plush cat that they like put like some different eyes on and like have do stuff interesting yeah it's a i would would say the costumes also um if you saw them on like a, in like a Halloween store, you'd be like, "Those look pretty good for a Halloween costume." But if you saw them in a cosplay store, you'd be like, "No, so they're not terrible. They're not amazing." You might like Sailor Moon. Like it's very much like a show that's very on its sleeve. Just like it's very much of its time and of its audience. But, but like I found it like it like very endearing, having never seen it. Uh, where like a uh, my partner like Ali had, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a very good show about friendship and." Also, it was pretty, pretty sapphic in ways that I was not expecting, like <laughs> which a lot of girls being like, oh, she's so cool and blushing when they like meet like new girls. Like, oh, like, she's so pretty. I was like, oh, no wonder the show is the follow it does. <laughs> this is just out here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love like a slight. I mean, I, I love a, a very or slightly um, or moderately gay kid show. Um, and it sounds super cute. And the, I've seen, you know, obviously people that from Sailor Moon all the time. It looks adorable um i might have to watch it i've i've kind of been catching up on we didn't have tv growing up um so i just watched avatar for 
very first time in 2020, which was a lot of fun, um, and I loved it. So I'm kind of catching up on those shows that everyone's super into that I missed out on. You watched South Park, you said? No, Avatar. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, that's one that like I still need to finish. Yeah. Um, oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, I um, I'm also like considering finally finishing like both Buffy and like Gilmore Girls because like um, we got to like season six of those and then like stopped and then it was like there's only seven seasons and then like two years passed. They were like, oh, we should probably watch these again. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be honest, you could skip the ending of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Well, I've seen the revivals, just not the last season of the normal show. Oh, okay. Yeah, in that case, it'd probably be fun. I forgot they did that. Mm. And they're supposed to be doing like another one, but also who knows? Like I completely like, blanked out that they did a fifth season of Rest of Development, and that was my show the first three seasons, but that fourth season, I was just like, ah, I'm not I'm not here anymore. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really, I mean, I like the rest of the I didn't get that far through it, really. Um, but I heard that the, I mean, I heard that the season is, like, fine. Um, but most of the diehard Arrested of Development fans I know said that it really meant to the first four. No, yeah, it's hard because, like, it's, like, so much time goes and, like, how can you measure up, like, to, like, like what people are, like, nostalgic for now? It's, like, I'm glad there's more, but, like, it's, like, um, I'm not watching new Futurama, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a big difference between, you know, coming up with stuff and that's new and, um, you know, trying to recreate something that people loved 10 years ago. I think it really hamstrings you in a lot of ways. For me, um, nostalgia only hits rarely. So I just try to mostly look at new stuff and be like, oh, this is great. Like, there's so much cool new stuff. Maybe don't worry about nostalgia all the time. And like constantly trying to do like Ghostbusters. Like I love Ghostbusters. I'd never want to see a new Ghostbusters movie, you know? Yeah. Like uh, with Robocop, it's like, why remake Robocop? Robocop mm. is a perfect movie. And Robocop 2 is a better than perfect movie. I've actually uh, never seen Robocop 2 or <laughs> Robocop 1 so much. I was, I was scared too. Oh, uh, um, it's really funny. Uh, there's like a child like drug dealer and there's like a drug that they like put in their head like they're Frankenstein, like putting like a bolt in their neck. Besides that, it's oh, wow. not at that all like it. But different from the first. <laughs> <laughs> is it just like there's a, ro- a robot cop and everything else is completely different? It's technically like a sequel. Um, it's not at all of the same quality. But um, one cool thing is that. Um, a part of the plot is that like a like focus group adds to like the um like rules that like Robocop has to the point where like he can't function because he has all this stuff like like stop smoking, look both ways when you cross the like street and like he's like has too many like things going on. That's like the most interesting thing. That's actually a pretty good comment on over policing. Yeah. Uh and there's th- that third movie, which I know is like just super anti-Japanese and he gets a jetpack and that's the most I know. Oh, I, I didn't even realize it was a, a trilogy, honestly. I just saw RoboCop 1. I'm like, this is the perfect movie. No notes. Um, yeah. If there's anything else related to this, I don't want to see it. Uh, don't want to ruin this. That is a movie that I have in my back pocket for a very special episode of The Common Ride of Me because that has enough stuff going on that it's Toku to me. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I, I think actually, I, 
I think you can categorize it that way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're the expert, but like, I, I would agree uh, as someone who really loves Robocop. Oh, yeah. Um, I am the expert and I have expertly forgotten that um, we started the episode and got a little off track um, explaining what Super Sentai is. That's right. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Super Sentai is one of the big franchises of Toku. Um, mm-hmm. It's what Power Rangers gets its footage from. Um, it's owned by the same company as Cabin Rider, and they air in the same like block where like it's like oh like Super Sentai is like got like kind of like a bad rap for being like for like the younger kids. The Cabin Rider is for like the older kids and families, but also it's like it's like the Star Wars is still for kids kind of thing in my mind. It's like not a mature show for the most part. Like it's still like it's not like it's like oh like real. I like Cabin Rider. But like the shows are still aimed at kids, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean like uh like The Mandalorian is like amazing, but if a well actually I don't know if the Mandalorian's gonna be a little more mature. But yeah, like Star Wars like a kid is probably gonna uh, your average child is gonna get more out of it than your average adult, even though everyone can The way people tend to think is like, oh, like Common Rider is aimed for like kids to like adults and Super Sentai is aimed just at kids. Okay. Um and yeah, um, as a series, Super Sentai has been having a lot of issues in the past few years. It's just like had like lowering toy sales. It's had like their viewers dropping. So they've been trying some stuff. And I can tell you squarely that they were trying some stuff with the show. Um, we watched uh, the first episode titled Avataro of Dodd Brothers. And whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, off the bat, um, Avataro seems almost completely in incon- the character Avataro seems almost completely inconsequential in this episode. So I'm a little confused why it was called that. Uh, well, um, I'm gonna the red guy is Momoi Taro, which is based off of the um the character Momotaros, which is a like very big like fairy tale in Japan. Like it's like Snow White and the like Seven Dwarfs level. Like everyone knows it. Oh, well, I, did, I didn't. That's, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's like, um, if you're in Japan, like, you know it, like, super well enough. But, like, it's basically, uh, like, a Grimm's fairy tale. There's, like, the kid version and, like, the, like, original version. But, like, there's an old couple and they want a child. Then one day they find a peach that falls from heaven and they eat it and they get young again. Then they have a baby. Or in some versions, like, it's like, oh, and in the peach was a baby. Um, cause like the original version was like, oh, a peach looks like a butt. So they got young and horny and had a kid, but like now it's like, oh, like stork happened, you know? Okay. Wow. Yeah. When the, when the episode began, cause that's like what, that's exactly how the episode opens. And I was like, I mean, the only con the closest context I had for it was like the story of Moses from the Bible, which, um, mm-hmm. has very little in common with, um, with that particular with with like that Japanese tale. Um so this is clarifying a lot for me. So I was like, what the f- can I swear on here? I'm so sorry. I forgot. Yeah, you can swear. Okay, I was like, what what the fuck is this going on? <laughs> yeah, this show get, like got me too of that. I was like, what is this show? Uh cuz like Super Sentai usually is not like this. Uh this is weird for this. Yeah, I mean the rest of the episode wasn't like that at all. I still don't know who the baby is supposed to be. So um in the story, the baby becomes Momotaros, who's like a 
a like Hercules style has super strength kid. He meets a dog and a bird and a monkey, and then they go beat up some demons. And that's like the the crux of it. An old couple finds a peach and gets young and then like has a baby with like super strength and he fights demons. Oh, so the audience is to understand that Momoi Teru is that baby. Okay, yeah, I didn't yes. know that. that just whizzed right by me. <laughs> no, like I thought that was like important culture knowledge. Like every kid in Japan would have heard the story, but we wouldn't have, you know? <laughs> Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I gotta read some Japanese folktales. I actually, um, I was just wandering around Japantown, and I got a book of Japanese folktales that I have not read yet, so I'm hoping that's in there. It might be, honestly. Like, that sounds like a pretty, like, sure bet at that point. Huh. <laughs> but um, it's hard to know if the names of these shows, what they mean, but here is my guess at what they, what the name means, mm-hmm. which is Avataro Sentai Don Brothers. So Taro is like a common name for like boys in Japan. And like, it's like kind of like a like endearing, like almost like a like, oh, like t- that Taro. Like, mm, okay. So I think it's Avataro because they're in VR. So Avatar, oh, Sentai, Super Sentai, and then Don Brother. Don Don is like a alliteration for making noise. So it's like, here are the Avatar Boys team noise-making bros, is what it translates to, basically. Okay. <laughs> as far as I can tell, based off like the like parts of the puns, but they get super deep and they make words for these shows. So it's always hard to tell what's a pun and what's a <laughs> real yeah, word, you know? It's so dense with puns in, in Japanese, it seems like. Yeah, um, I only know when I'm like, watching or reading stuff again like it's like pointed out oh this person's name means metal and they have a metal shop oh that's fun like you know like that's like the most i could tell though it's very dense yeah i mean i always um let's see when i was uh when i was like younger there was this manga series i was really into and um i would like the translation notes after i um while i was reading the the series because i like to see you know like what their thoughts were behind it like what to directly translate and um they would describe you know some of the things they weren't able to translate and what they meant in japanese like why it was funny or clever and it was just like whoa like how did you fit all that into that very short sentence yeah it's like oh um how do i know that this person's name means like that they're like a horsey and like an archer and like it's oh like it's like a short name but it means these four things you're like oh this is like incredible yeah this pun here um it's really cool it's also like useful to read translation notes sometimes when um the translator maybe assumes that something is more (laughs) is more uh relevant than it is like there was i remember one translation where uh, a character says to another like that's not a hill of beans to be and i was like what's that supposed to mean and i read the translation notes and the translator um seemed to think that like americans were like regularly referenced Casablanca in conversations <laughs> and that it was a Casablanca reference. <laughs> Nobody does that. And I'll, I love that. Alive has watched all of Casablanca for sure. That is so charming. It's like, that is totally like what we do to other cultures too. We're like, Oh yeah. Like I'll like make this like Kurosawa joke to this like friend I made at school. That's like, uh, 
I try to sue like from Japan, and they'll be like, "What are you talking about? I have no clue what the hell you're talking about." Like you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff gets lost in translation. It's really funny how that happens. Um, my favorite uh, translation thing is that um, a couple years ago there was a show that was like this. Um, I want to say like a um pakistani american dude was like coming out like in like this like show and he was like oh like i'm like the next coming of jesus and whatever and like oh i'm so good and like the whole show was is he really like the next coming of jesus and then like a bunch of people were talking about it that uh were from pakistan and the show's creator like was like really mad at them for spoiling things he'd be like hey stop spoiling things and like (laughs) revealing the plots but what what they'd done is his like name was like just like the word for deceiver basically and like if you knew the language you'd be like his name is for false prophet like (laughs) and so people were talking just why is this dude's name false prophet it's kind of like the whole thing's away like it's not a spoiler to say that you give him a bad name you know yeah um although i mean although jesus was crucified for being like a, a false prophet right so like maybe like maybe he is real who knows in the show um i think i saw the same show is that the one where he like goes to the nowhere town and there's like a a church that everyone's stopped going to and the daughter's really mad at her dad who's the preacher i think so i only watched a couple episodes like by the time i was like this is not catching my attention but yeah, oh, I think yeah. It's show. My, my boyfriend who like is muslim and kind of understands the um the reference there like has a you know deeper knowledge of what it's referencing really enjoyed it and i sort of half watched it oh yeah um i what do you think about this show that we're watching now though um i didn't know what to expect watching the show because i heard it was like super gonna be like bright and cg and everything but the show we actually got here was very weird because it starts like 21 years later and the baby and then there's like a big op and people dancing and then it's like about a girl haruka who gets an award for her first manga and she's like super lauded i was like what what's this show about so far this is a very strange take this is a very strange way to present these characters you know yeah um like i guess like i i was cool with that because i was like okay we're gonna get back to this baby from the peach pretty soon though right um (laughs) But then that never happened. So I was confused. Um, I mean, I thought her thing was kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. I um, Like, she she's in a really interesting position um, where she's kind of, like, widely respected and beloved in her high school. And um, people, I mean, and just, like, you know, lauded all over the country for her... Um, like ro- romance manga that she she made. Yeah, first love hero was what it was called. Yeah, and it's like I mean I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I was a little surprised that um, we never like none of her manga writing and drawing skills ever became relevant. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that would happen. It seemed I think the whole episode seemed a little disjointed. Is that fair? That's super fair. Um. Cause also like it's like the kind of thing where like sometimes fiction they're like oh and she wrote a book it's like well that's a lot of time and effort and like to make like your own like manga it's like okay that was like what 
hundreds of hours of drawing and like plotting and making everything happen, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, she's had this boyfriend. It seems like the whole time maybe was the implication yeah. I thought. And um, I would thought, you know, it would be like, Oh, like you inspired me to write this manga. Like I love you. Um, which nothing never happened. It, oh, also um, turned out her boyfriend was just a shallow clout chaser. Yeah, no, uh, he was not there for her at all. And just, there's so much going on here. Cause like for me, like I've watched the first episode of a couple super Sentai's and, the, and like, there's like somewhere I've like watched through. It's usually not like this. This felt a lot more like common rider the way it started. And it was like, Oh, there's like a character and here's their life. And they had like real stuff in it. Quote unquote. Like a lot of times it's like, Oh, I was in the woods and I met some knights and now we're going to do a dance with our swords and then go fight <laughs> the people. And I don't want to say for sure, but it was surprising to me that we had a like female point of view character and a not red ranger point of view character. I was like, Oh, these are both things that are rare, if not completely new to the series, which is cool. Cause I know it's having issues. So like if they're trying things out and they're like, let's have this character lead the show. That's really cool. Oh yeah. I guess I, I'm not familiar with the genre. So I didn't realize that was unusual, um, but that, that's cool. I didn't realize. Yeah, like a lot of like um in the past few years, there's been a lot of like small one season or like lower budget like takes on the genre that have had like a focus on like a like female character. So this is like them looking at like a like not quite like indie show, but like a like show that isn't in one of the main big franchises that comes out every year and like changing to be that style. And it's really interesting. Yeah, that's super cool then, actually. Um, I, I guess I just wish, like, with Common Writer, they do such a good job of making the characters' uh, life outside of, you know, the action sequences actually, mm -hmm. like, in effect and inform them, uh, which didn't really seem to happen here, but maybe it will in the next few episodes. I did like that, like, um, it was about her internal world mattered, though, because she was, like, um, like very upset when she got like accused of like plagiarism and like lost all of her friends and like just having like that amount of uh complexity to the interpersonal relationships that like we saw here was like different from Sentai like that I've seen very much. I was like, oh, like maybe this like will go more towards that, like you were saying. But yeah, no, that 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 is interesting. And then um, Momoi Taro, it looks like he has some sort of special ability that um allows him to connect with people on like a spiritual level, even just in passing and that he does it a lot, even in his day job as a courier, which I thought was, was super cool. That was a really interesting scene uh, because like he's got main character vibes, but like um, him showing up for one scene to like meet this guy, that, like won't sign his package and then find out that he's really depressed because he can't pass the bar and like help him out and clean his apartment and like give him good luck. That's uh that's also like, whoa, like, <laughs> will kids understand this? Will kids like get this? But I'm glad they're taking that like that gamble of just like even saying, here's this person who's failing at life who needed some support. That's like a lot of our like children shows like here in America wouldn't take that much of a risk to go away from like positivity, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I did really enjoy that scene and it also makes me feel like um, maybe I should move to Japan and start ordering packages too there. So someone will 
come help me clean my apartment and make me feel better about myself. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I thought that was really cute, though. Um, I mean, it seems it seems like his abilities are like more psychic than physical, mm-hmm. even, which has the capacity to be, to be super interesting. Yeah, because like he is almost being positioned as like a um, a like superhero compared to them, where he like has all these um like based on like folklore like abilities, but he's also like more of a side character like it's almost like when you like would like read a comic it's like oh here's a story of jimmy olsen or something and like there goes superman over there you know yeah which is cool um i liked that like the first non like uh, um the first like hero or like more accurately like villain character like that we see is this guy on a blue bike with like blue eyes wearing blue clothes who's like talking about poetry and like and like flowers and like he just shows up and like um like stops a monster and Haruka's just like oh is like he my true love superhero yeah I, I thought it was I wrote soft boy warrior has arrived and then it was really interesting when he also turned out to be like actually very callous and um um yeah and he was like actually like you know this is just like what I do and um I don't know. I thought that was really interesting where like the introduction of the character makes him look like incredibly heroic and amazing. And then it turns out he's actually the big baddie of the episode. I didn't. This show's hornier than uh, I was expecting. Cause like in the opening, like they show like a bunch of his like friends too. And they're all like, um, like in like skippy clothing and like dancing and like stuff. I was like, Oh, like that's interesting. I gotta say, I'm still like, uh, I, I still like, uh, get easily distracted by all the flashy graphics so i actually didn't even notice that (laughs) yeah i was like this there were so many characters like and like um like bits of like design and graphics in the show that i was like oh what's going on here that they're all dancing but um what do you think when she gets her glasses though and like gets the like to the like fake world like the like whole like they live thing they had going on so the, I mean, I thought the portal with the they the, with the they love stuff was super cool, but the glasses, the way she got them was really weird. Like she was browsing yeah. the internet, and then it was like some sort of pop up that hacked her phone, and then physically forced glasses onto her face. Which like what? Yeah, <laughs> this is like what you expect from like an anime or like video games, like aimed at like teen isolation or something, not like a kid show. And it was very much like. uh let's do the vr and let's do like the let's see people that are monsters let's see the real world it's like oh that was so cool like the the design of the uh of almost all the like i don't even know what to call them i wrote i called them acid demons in my notes um that's fair oh my god they look so cool and that was like so wild where it's like suddenly you're able to see that the world you live in actually has the second dimension to it so the word for like what in Japanese is like nani, but um these creatures are called anani. So mm-hmm. they're like anonymous what that's cool. That's a good pun. That's cool because she also spends um almost that entire scene screaming nani, so that's probably a that probably comes off as a really good pun to a viewer who speaks Japanese. I also like her first transformation isn't like heroic it's like randomly accidentally like it like she almost like dies even though and like she's not cool at all she's just like ah what's going on ah what's going on (laughs) she's just like like, what what what's happening (laughs) 
yeah, that was uh, that was that was pretty funny. Um, and, um, and yeah, the scene was wild. She's like thrust into this alternate dimension, and suddenly she's being pursued by all these uh, by all these acid demons um, who are realizing that she can see them and trying to uh, how did they put it? Uh, take care of her. Uh, yeah, not in the threatening way, not in the uh, unpleasant way. I think like the psychic damage of like the internet and like a functioning public transit system like has led to a lot of these stories of like a lot of people growing up or like in the city and like on like these like massive buses and like through so many people and like just this surge of being disconnected and very isolated in like a very busy place. So I could see why like these stories are so like prominent in like a lot of Japanese media, but like I just was not expecting it here at all, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I guess living in a big city does make you um, more isolated from each other. I was on a walk yesterday, and I tried to make eye contact with a woman walking her dog because um, I like I, I live somewhere where um, it's like kind of borderline. You know, it's like okay to wave to people on the sidewalk, but like you don't have to. Um, and boy, here uh, here it does not seem to be socially acceptable at all. <laughs> Being in an actual city, I had this moment too, like right before this, like where I was like. As she's leaving the coffee shop, okay, wait, who's that at the counter? And this dude's at the counter. I'm like, is that the dude from last year's show? Because I watched an episode of last year's shows for this, too. And I was like, oh. Oh, cool. Is it? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's neat. I love it when shows do that. I really do. The red, like, Sentai, like, Ranger transforms into his form from last year. And I'm like, what's this? This is, like, because last year was, like, a big, like, anniversary show. So I don't know why this is a sequel to that show at all. Like when he becomes like a big, like giant robot, he combines with the robot from last year. And that's how he becomes a giant robot. I was like, what's going on? Is this like a oh. crossover sequel? I'm very confused. Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is also, I'm seeing in my notes, this is also when we learn about uh, the table tennis team and we meet Yaffe. Yes. Like he's like 40 years old. He's had a tough couple years of tennis. He's like really yeah. been going for it. <laughs> High school's clearly very stressful for Yappy. <laughs> yeah, he's like got like a shaved head. He's like nailing nails to a like paddle, and he's possessed by whatever the weird like greed demon thing is. And he goes and he hunts down like the other like high school ace. He hunts down like Hanamura, and then like he's going for like an Olympic gold medalist. But what do you think when he started to like beat people up with like table tennis? <laughs> Oh, that was amazing. Uh, I wrote, uh, Yaki is now my favorite character. Um, and that if I lived in Japan, I would be Yaki for Halloween. Uh, I mean, I guess I could do that here too, but no one would get it. So it's just a lot less fun. Um, I, th I thought that was the montage of him just like evilly playing ping pong at people while being possessed by a demon was so great. In a lot of Toku, like you get like the person who's like, becomes a monster because something they care about gets like exploited into like a monstrous obsession. So that was cool here. Uh but also like he dies. He gets killed by the like blue dude. Yeah, he got murked like instantly. That was so strange. Especially since he had a relationship with him. I mean, not like a relationship relationship, but like he had I mean he seemed to be someone who the main character knew and cared about. And she was very upset when he died. So I, I wonder if he comes back. I don't know. Because, like, they show her at the end, too, like, reaching out for his spiked paddle and being, like, not able to reach it. And the show seems to be about, like, her mental state a lot. So I'm very curious how it goes from there. Because she's definitely, like, 
very affected by this, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I guess it's hard to say whether um, they were close or if maybe it was just like, I mean, some someone who she was you know, knew for so many years being in classes together that even if they weren't close, like it would affect her emotionally that much. But yeah, it was it was interesting that they just dispatched him so quickly, um, especially since his whole deal seemed uh, pretty interesting and he was a pretty fun character. I really I really hope he does come back somehow. We don't really get introduced to a lot of characters in like a main ways episode. So like he was almost like the like second most time spent like on a character because then like the other characters like that we see is like she randomly goes to a prison in VR and meets this dude that tells her to swear fealty to like Momoi like Taro and she's like okay. Yeah, that was that was interesting. He also looks really familiar for some reason, although I cannot figure out why. Um, he's the man from the opening 21 years ago scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. And she like immediately yeah, like was, runs into him too. Yeah, I was like, why does he look so familiar? And I just could not connect it to like five minutes earlier in the episode. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was that was interesting when she's just kind of transported into like a, it actually reminded me a lot of Fable Three. Have you ever played? Did you ever play that? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. There's a mechanism where you as a character um and sort of transport to this um sort of like spirit. It's like literally a spiritual path. <laughs> um, and you kind of walk down it, and uh, at, you can and you unlock certain areas, and at the end um as far as you've unlocked there's always this this woman who you get guidance from and this like visually reminded me yeah and i wonder like how he'll factor into the show like he's trapped in the vr world like what did he do who is he like is he like was he someone before he got this like weird peach son or did he just like what happened to him yeah yeah, the whole peach thing was was funny for me because I was like, is that a mistranslation? Or, <laughs> um, but it was not a mistranslation. It was just my lack of cultural knowledge. And you see like uh, like later on, too, that like he has a whole peach on his like helmet, too, when he's fighting. So that's just his thing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, his his costume design, was, I liked it. Um, although I really do think the acid demons are by far the coolest looking part of the episode. They look so great. Uh, they are a great like probably for the design we'll see the most of the show like that's a good what that's a good way to go you know just like very I could see that like becoming like an iconic character you know yeah definitely I mean like they're just super fucking spooky but like really cool looking like so good yeah and they're like bright too and they like very clearly like stand out yeah yeah, I've never seen anything that that quite looked like that. They were really, really neat. Um, so the last thing that happens in this episode is that there's like a big fight scene. She gets transported to it. And also this office worker question mark gets transported to it. And he has pink glasses on. He's like, yeah, stop worrying about this. Let's fight. And like transforms. And he's like oh, the yeah, pink ranger. And trying to swear that's cool. People think they're Momotaru and they keep not being Momotaru. <laughs> She gets a running start and slides on her knees to try and swear field. He's like, yeah. what are you doing? Get out of oh, here. I, will say it's, I still don't really get why when she did meet Momoi Taro, she didn't just like run after him to catch up with him because she totally could have. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but like, um, 
you mentioned how the pink ranger was all cg yeah and that was surprising to you. he um he looks yeah he's definitely um like and at first i thought he was um like digitally inserted and like just you know and like they just used cgi to lengthen the actor but then as we saw more of him i could see it was actually just entirely a cgi model um and it, it didn't it didn't look very good honestly no, no, it does not. It, um, it was like worse than the CGI from Cats, actually. I mean, like, I get that it's bright and kids would get it, but like, normally they would like have them have a CG form, but then also have them be like a person in a suit that can do yeah, stuff and look all right. So I'm not sure. Really, honestly, distractingly weird and jerky. And there's another character, too, I think, from the opening who seems to be like a hot dude who turns into like a little fox. And like, that's. That's cool for, like, the Slash community, but that's probably not going to be great oh, in fight scenes. I didn't notice that. It could be, though. Like, in a fight where maybe you have to get something from a small space that they're preventing you from reaching, maybe a little fox helps. All right, so here's this whole team, and they are some, uh, they are some energy. We got the big, tall pink, got the kneeling yellow, got the red ranger, got the... Uh, Black Ranger, who's a little fox man, got the Blue Ranger, who's like a yeah. ape. You've got <laughs> Very like straight an excellent look. variety of uh, heights and and shapes. Uh, it's really hard. To, I mean, it's impossible to confuse one character with another, which is nice. I did like how she tries to swear fealty to the blue guy, just so, like it's knocked away, and like he's like, "No, yeah, what are you talking about?" Kind of weird that he just go like, away. <laughs> He cares about greed and flowers yeah, and stuff, not well, I was, people. I, I guess I was still confused at that point because up until then he, he had seemed very heroic and I was like, well, that's weird. Like, maybe that looks cool. Like, maybe that's like a a trope cue that comes off as cool in Japan or something. Like, I don't know. But it's but it makes sense that it's not. And that was our first sign that he's actually a, a dick who sucks. And of course, when the actual right person shows up, she's like, yeah. couldn't be that guy. <laughs> couldn't be him. Yeah, that was great. What do you think of his presentation, actually? Uh, whose presentation? Uh, when we see um, Momoi, like, Taro, like, show up, like, with his, like, mm, retinue, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I knew, like, if she was like, oh, no, it can't be that guy. No way, it's that guy. I was like, okay, so I, I get that it's that guy. Um, but there was just so much going on, I didn't really have time to think about it. What did you think? Well, he shows up on, like, a palaquin, like that like a bunch of dudes are holding on his motorcycle with a bunch of like dancing priestesses. Oh my God. How did I forget about that? Yeah. I was wondering um, if there's like a festival, um, if there's like a festival or something where they do that. And that was like, yeah, if I was wondering where they were pulling the aesthetics from, cause it, it feels like it's a reference to something, right? Yeah. That might be something like, Oh, every April we see this kids. Isn't it great? Yeah. That's in the show. But also like, I would love to actually see those people. Like when they're not in the middle of a fight, you'd be like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm like the dude who holds up your like motorcycle, and like, here's my yeah. problem. So we gotta know. <laughs> like, oh god, I had a doctor's appointment I was about to go to, and um, we, you know, and I have to hold up your palanquin. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my tummy's sore. I have to hold this whole palanquin and wear white. It was cool though. The dance, the dancing was really fun. Yeah, I, in some measures, like this show seems like it's really trying to draw the attention of like kids and some ways it's like leading into like melodrama and mystery that's in shows that are like aimed a little older or like more general audience or or even like a lot of like the plot lines of Kamen Rider are like 
for the parents watching too and like the adult fans so it's interesting i'm really confused too because like um we see when the character from the last show is like passed by on the motorcycle before like the big giant fight in the sky he transforms and he's like a black version of the character he played last year and i'm like what is this thing <laughs> what is this he's just uh he just got uh one of those uh matte black wraps that everyone's putting on their cars now he was just like those are the cool new aesthetics yeah, apparently. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so this show is a relaunch of the franchise with stuff based off of like smaller indie series and it's also a sequel to the big crossover they just finished and it's also a celebration of japanese folklore and vr that's that's messed up in a way that i am here for like i'm not sure if i'm gonna watch more of the show but it's definitely like it's going for it it's going for something like uh i'm glad you explained the the folklore behind it because i actually think that's super cool um and i I, I mean, like, if I had the cultural context to be able to identify more of those elements and they go really ham on that, I, I'd probably love it. But um, I, I don't. But I hope they do go ham on that because um, that, that seems interesting. This looks like um, it's going to be like the kind of show that like is very interpersonal drama. Like people are like getting hurt and it's like, oh, like, here's the episode arc about like the construction worker who's upset and now he becomes a monster and they like can oh, we save I him i really likes that about common rider um i like i really like like one of my favorite um like kind of very very short like minor plot elements or minor plot arcs in um common rider was like you see this golfer and he's he just treats his caddy so poorly that the guy um you know transforms um so that he can you know because he just can't take it anymore so you see like the real consequences of how people treat each other. Um, but also in this, you know, extremely heightened way. Um, I think that's a really cool like element of Tokusatsu. I mean, I love like my favorite kind of horror movie is the one where like um the like how would I put this? Um the like figurative um no, that's not how I want to say it. The um where like a relationship um is kind of like turned into this like like uh things that are figurative become literal like a good example of this is in uh stepford wives where you have this husband who wants his wife to be a certain way uh different than the way that she actually is like he doesn't appreciate her for her individuality so he wants her to become like other women and he is literally like these other women who are literally robots and he's literally going to turn his wife into a robot so that she'll like, she won't act like a real person anymore. Um, which I thought was like, especially for, um, in the era, like it was made, I thought, um, was just super interesting. And then what else would I, Oh gosh, Midsommar, which is, which is great where you have this boyfriend who like, Actually, I, I guess I don't want to give it away because it's like a newer movie and people might not know how it ends, but they should they should watch it. It's great. And even if you're easily spooked, um, I think you can really enjoy Midsommar because like it really is just a movie about a bad relationship. That's the fun thing about media criticism is like it seems like at a point 10 or so years ago, the cultural war online became a thing where it was just like, oh, let's talk about everything as if it's political and as messages. It's like everything does like, it's always a thing. It's like, Oh, like a movie, like the Sufford wives, like not 
apolitical at all. It's like, oh, like it's like around time of, I want to say second wave feminism and also like the backlash to that. And like, it's like, oh, it's like very much about like the standards of like the 50s versus this whole new wave of like how women think. And like a lot of people now could be like, oh, why is there substance in the things I'm watching? There's always has been. You just didn't know. Just it's like enjoy it or don't, but don't like hate things for trying to have substance. I think like that's why like that kind of horror works so well compared to just here's a scary dude, which can be fun sometimes. But like the best work is always like doing something cool in genre with like real feelings. Yeah, like it's such a powerful, um, powerful book and, you know, a powerful several movies because of exactly those reasons. To your point, yeah. Um it's cool to have people to have material things and have like the concerns of people become manifest. And that's like a big mm-hmm. strength of like Toku. And yeah. that's Sentai now. Yeah, that is true. It's like, um, I don't know. Like, I guess, um, there's some movies that are like, I would describe as magical realism. And then there's a couple of horror movies that do that really effectively. But Toku is just, just seems to be really made for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm, more and more like um like into the like smaller stuff going on like two years ago there was a like show that was like just basically what if you were at your first real job and you wanted to make sure nobody knew that you were a like fan of toku and like it followed like this like 24 year old old, old like woman that was just like terrified of people finding out like that's like, really she had funny. A fandom. And it was like oh, is that this like is really seen funny. as shameful or embarrassing <laughs> as as an adult over there <laughs> i th- I definitely got that vibe from the show. Um, it might just be like the way that I took it was like the perception is that you only get super into things or like you become like a obsessive about it. So that was it seemed more shameful. Like the whole like the whole show was like her like dodging people finding out and also like trying to make friends. And like the first episode is like she's on a train and she realizes that like this older woman has like a keychain of like a character from like a show she likes. And like, she, she's trying to make eye contact. That is funny. I guess like, I can't really think of anything similar. Cause I feel like it's, you know, if, if you meet someone and they're like, Hey, like I'm obsessed with Marvel. You're like, aha, I, that's like many other people. Or if someone's even into something more obscure, like um, I, I, I'm sure when you tell people like, Oh, I run a podcast about Togusetsu, which is a genre of TV. Um, yeah, you know that's mostly in Japan. People are like, "Oh, neat." Yeah. All right. Has anyone ever like said anything weird about it? Uh. Oh. Yeah, but it's like the kind of stuff of like, oh, it's like uh, you could see this, like, aren't they in suits or could you see strings? Like, yeah. I know that Iron Man's not real. I mean, if people that's can fine. identify that, then they're already familiar with Japanese genre conventions to a point that they it's kind of weird for them to be judgmental about it. I feel like, right. You'd think, but people get weirdly judgmental and they're just like, Oh, your thing's not as good as my thing. It's, like, it's okay. We can have things. I'm sorry. That, That's you know. really, really silly. That someone would be like, actually, like, it's, <laughs> actually, it's really lame that you're into something. <laughs> yeah. It's really lame that you have varied interests. Yeah. To take things from things. <laughs> Oh, man. It's like, uh, I mean, like I, I, I garden. I'm extremely into gardening. And like I often encounter people who are like huge nerds about something that I like do not care about at all. But it's like so cool. It's like like I was talking to someone who's obsessed with native California grasses. And I'm just like, 
that's wild. Like I never thought that anyone would have this much knowledge and interest in native California grasses. Like for my part, I'm only interested in plants that I can grow and get something out of like edibles or, um, you know, plants with interesting medicinal uses or culinary applications. No, it turns out it's like cool to like things and connect to things and have like interesting perspectives that you can share with people. But there's still a lot of people who are very stuck in like, ah, like this weird high school 80s mentality that I like personally, I never experienced in school or like if I did, I did like wasn't too affected by it. But it's just like enjoy things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's nice to it's really nice to meet people who like care deeply about stuff, even if it's stuff that like personally seems boring. Like I, I could not think of anything before I met that guy. I probably couldn't think of anything less interesting than like varieties of grasses that grow in swamps. But like he was just so into it. I was like, wow, like I still don't care about grasses that grow in swamps, but it is I think it's so neat that someone does. Yeah. And like we're all like very able to like have that like niche now, like too. And it's just like for everything, like there is like a person um that like cares. Um Yeah. Like I read something once um a long time ago and it was like you might not be um like like most people might not find you attractive, but like there's gonna be someone there's someone out there who would think that you're the most attractive person in the world. And it's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um I went to art school and I met a lot of people are like, oh hey, you're tall and you wear glasses. I'm like, yeah, I am. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I think at arts I think at art school being a man who's attracted to women is already like such an advantage dating wise. like i think it's kind of kind of like dating on easy mode in in that scenario (laughs) where it's just like hmm, i'm only competing with five other people (laughs) yeah yeah no that's for sure which is great i like i i i think everyone should get that kind of experience at least once yeah honestly like if like uh just for two months of your life you're the most wanted person in like a tri-county area or like a room i guess even like a like hallway yeah that's a good I, yeah, feeling tri-county area but. sounds like i guess uh the <laughs> my tri-county yeah, area is enormous because <laughs> it includes a lot of large cities <laughs> yeah tri-county area is a big spot actually there's a lot of different people in there but <laughs> like a building yeah, maybe. or even like a even a niche community like um yeah i guess i guess with um like kind of like media media related communities um they're literally not physical communities almost ever so that's harder but like you know if you're the hottest person in the book in like the physical book club like nice place to be so um (laughs) we really need to wrap up i have a perfect version of this like story uh that is um there's this youtuber i forget his name but he like builds model trains and puts like cameras in them and like he, he like takes footage of like the actual trains that he's like modeling and like it looks like you're in the actual train with him and like he's That's talking so to you cool. and telling you about it and like yeah but then his fandom found out that he had a wife and got super pissed at him and he's like i never s- said what I'm just doing trains. It's not my fault that you've got yeah. parasocial I mean, that's on me. It's especially weird because I feel like model trains are such a married guy hobby to have. For so like I don't know. Everyone I know who's super into model trains except like one person is extremely married. I mean, it's probably hard to it becomes easier when you're not renting to be really that into model makes trains, sense. I would say. That that exp- yeah. I wouldn't make a diorama, but I would make like a a 
I would make a like backdrop for like a kaiju or like sci-fi movie and like make a bunch of like skyscrapers from cardboard, make some like weird background stuff there. Like, but only if it was like for an actual mm. production. I've made diagrams before. I used to do set design. Um, if I if I like had a lot of space, if I had like a garage, I would definitely make like dioramas and film like um film like stupid little uh stop motion videos i would i would fucking love that but um yeah it's you know there's some hobbies you can't really have if you don't have the space for them yeah and i think a lot of people really just want um some good health care some good like uh support systems and to make dioramas or like read books and stuff like that. And that's like a, like real, like my version of like utopia is like, Hey, everyone's good enough that they can do things. Yeah. That don't make it would money. be <laughs> super nice to not ever have to like worry about how to monetize your hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's why I like was very explicit when I started like I'm right with me. I'm not going to try and make this big or profitable. I'm going to have fun talking to people from different backgrounds and like have cool conversations because that just sounds so miserable to be like, here's this niche thing I like and I'm doing Google AdWords with it, you know? And then it's just like, boy, I don't really want to talk about X show, but other people sure seem to be interested in it. So I guess that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And this is like the show people are talking about currently, but also it's like related to the show that we're going to start for, Kinex book club but yeah. also i wanted to talk about it yeah but i didn't know what I mean, it was it's like cool but, when it yeah. accidentally happens that like the thing you're interested in is the people you want to hear about but if you had to design like your show topics around what people want to you know what people are googling and not actually what you care about that'd be sad yeah and we wouldn't spend three months talking about a 2005 show about like coming of age and drumming yeah and there's probably some people who would never have considered being interested in that ever but then they like your podcast and then they found out about that and watched the show and loved it yeah i've heard from some people that have been like hey i'm glad that you went back to this old show and like the fandom only talked about it as being lame but you were like really cool in the characters and like maybe think about it that's the perfect that's more than money to me but speaking of awesome um we have gone through the show. I want to see more Don Brothers, but also I'm not sure when I will. But um, do let me know, fans, if like it keeps being this cool and, and like this weird. But uh, for now, Brett, my question is, though, um, who were your favorite characters that we saw today? Oh, um, it got to be Yappy. Yeah, Yappy's number great. one. Acid Demon's number two, just because they look super cool. And I am very interested. I, I, I think what would be really neat is like seeing more of how their world works, um, if that's possible. But, you know, we'll see. Were there any, any like outfits that like really stood um, out to you? Or? I, I, I wouldn't say outfit, but I liked the makeup for evil Yappy, where he just has like, uh, he just has like ma- mascara, like uh smeared under his eyes to make him look angry and tired i liked uh, the um weird high school uniform that they had that was like super nice and like super bright white and super not realistic for how any high school kids yeah, those looked great i didn't realize that they were weird though they were very clean lines and white and i was like oh that's for a show in real life high schoolers <laughs> are a little messier than that 
Yeah, it was kind of funny that they all wore the uniforms the same way, too. Whereas in real life, you'd see like some kids rolling up sleeves, um, you know, different like socks, maybe some. I don't know. Like, I feel like people can wear the same clothes very differently. I'm sure they'll like get to stuff like here's the bad boy and he's like wearing it like this. And he has a. <laughs> yeah, I guess Yappy was the only person who did that in this episode. <laughs> they would have like a like a new Yappy every episode at this point with a fun name like it's, it really I is it's name. a lot of fun to say yeah yappy over here but yeah uh brett uh when you're uh not talking about the various worlds of toku we'll wh- find you yeah um i have a twitter account and it is canabrett c-a-n-n-a wait c-a-n-n-a-b-r-e-t sorry i had to think about that one for a second um, so you can follow me there and, um, I tweet sometimes about things that I do. Uh, and currently I am producing, uh, I, I am producing a blockchain podcast. Um, the host is really big into blockchain communism and, um, yeah, um, there is actually a pretty interesting episode about what he thinks it will do to, um, capitalism and the way society is structured, and he really believes that it's a way to allow people to control the means of their own production, uh, which I think is interesting. I don't understand this stuff so well. And the podcast is not monetized, which I think is important. Very cool. Um, I can be found on Twitter, I'm at James Forge. But if you want to find the podcast, at Cobb me on Twitter and Instagram, there's CobbNorthMe.com for episodes and articles. And for uh, links to different platforms, there's podcasts or a uh, com slash podcast and for merch there's com slash merch with all proceeds uh we have to find i'm pretty sure that in the in the next week we'll pick a uh ukrainian charity but for right now they're still going to the, the, the trevor That's project so cool. but uh but brett uh my question uh and this out is uh have we learned anything um yes we learned that table tennis is serious business Mm-hmm. Did you what? What did you take away from this episode? Ooh, um, <clears throat> I think I learned that no matter how alienated you are from other people, there is always gonna be somebody that you can just slide up to and swear yourself to, and that might help you a little bit for a while. Mm. But you know what? You know what works even better? Using an ad blocker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that would have that would have prevented all of your problems. You, you can't ad block destiny. <laughs> you can damn well try. <laughs> <laughs>